This is George Mann, author of Myths and Fables and Dark Legends, and you're listening to The Living Force. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Be mindful of the living force, young Padawan. A Utini Podcast Network production. This is where the fun begins. Episode 223, Do Awards Actually Matter? And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... On this episode, it's the return of a Utini Podcast. That's good news. How will the Hollywood strike affect Star Wars projects? ho, 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 ho. And the Utini crew asks the question, do awards actually matter? Trust the force. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Force, the Utini Network podcast. Tonight, all about awards. We're not giving out any. We're just going to see if they matter at all. But I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight is the full compliment the full cast the full crew uh starting off with dr Corey helton how are you how is your week off uh it's been great actually so i i've been playing a lot of uh sim racing this week actually i got a new monitor and i got rid of the triples which is blasphemy to sim racing people but yesterday i drove in the sim rig for literally seven hours i've never spent that <laughs> much time on it before that's a ready player uh, one like hit right there freaking like <laughs> i know dude like 10 a.m until like 5 p.m yesterday i was in the sim rig and i had so much fun and something happened today that's never happened before and I you want to race you got bored no you, you, you i've never won a race <laughs> I've never won a race, actually. Oh, wow. Never okay. That's why my guess was a good one. I know. It was a good one. This morning, I got up, and I was like, man, I really want to get in the sim rig today. That has never happened before. I was spending so much time in it, and I think it's because I got a new monitor, and my eyes are more comfortable now, and it was more fun, and I like the way it looks better than the triples, and it's crazy. But This, is, this would be a downgrade to most people in the sim racing community, but uh, I'm a big fan of the ultra-wide monitor, so... Yeah, I had a really, really good time playing in that. But, yeah, it's been a great week. It's been nice to use this expensive-ass toy <laughs> in my apartment. I go back and forth between, like, man, I'm really glad I have this, too. This was way too much money. What a horrible mistake. Like, literally every time I sit in it. So, you know. And that's life, man. Speaking of fun. an incredibly expensive and horrible mistake, we also have Dr. Charles Hankel. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Um, how's everyone doing? I did some driving yesterday, too. It was in my actual car on actual roads and it was only about 30 minutes but you know i enjoyed it <laughs> too enough. i always i always like driving i especially like driving in the rain Ooh, sure. uh, weirdly enough i really enjoy driving in the rain this is not that kind of podcast <laughs> well, it could be though it could we be listeners <laughs> driving in the rain me. right now hey if you're driving in the rain just know you're kind of like charles feel that enjoy that <laughs> you're kind of like you charles know? but you know who you could uh, never be funny. like because you are mere mortals and he is our freaking god among men it's the guy who was on time to spend a long day at work it's wes jenkins hey buddy Jesus. <laughs> god among man. what's up everyone charles i figured I, I thought you were going somewhere with that you're like nope <laughs> Just, one thing that i do love is driving in the rain and I did that's, that then. That's, the <laughs> <laughs> that's all we got from you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, so I usually leave. I try to leave work um, 
uh, what time is it? So I try to leave work like a couple hours before the show starts, right? So I'm walking out, and I got a message like last week about this uh, customer that was coming in and said, hey, if you got time, stop by. It's like the time that I leave is a time that this meeting started. So I'm like, I was like, I didn't see this. I didn't see this guy the entire day. So I was like, all right, I'm fine. And I'm the meeting room is right outside the elevators. So I was like, damn, right right when I'm leaving and get out of the elevator, I'm going to see these people and I have to go into that meeting for like an hour and a half. So I get out of the elevator and there's nobody in that meeting room. And I was like, perfect. I walk around the corner, go to another corner where my other elevator bank is, and I see the guy in another giant meeting room. And he's like, come on in, we're waiting for you. And I was like, no! That's impossible! So I was like, yeah, I guess I could, I guess I could stay if you know for 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And it's hour and a half of constant jargon, business talk, sales bullshit. Ew. And I'm just, I'm just, wa- I'm waiting for my like exit point. And there's never an ending point for me to like be like, okay, I mean, it's time yeah. for me to go. Like, ah, I gotta get. You gotta fast slap traffic. your knee and be like, uh, well, the entire well, time. Now it's about that time. <laughs> Jeez, guys, no. really nice to meet you. But yeah, they they caught me. I got I got you caught. Should just, so. You should just like uh, start using the phrase <laughs> "our time is up" and like yeah. just see if that gets you out of situations you don't want to be in. Yeah, time or is just up. bring like a, <laughs> our, all right, time's up. The alarm clock. Then you get up and leave. <laughs> well, just get up and leave. Up. Time's I'm up. Sorry. Just sorry. Leave. I would love to stay, but our time is up. Like I don't know. What to <laughs> Do you use that with patience, Charles? That's a good one. I need to remember that. Not in those exact words, but yeah. Something Charles, like that. you used that when you and the Colts came over for dinner. So I guess I'm seeing now uh, what, what, what that's about. Oh, oh we're in a lot of different scenarios. Well, in, fu- in Futurama, Zoidberg says yeah. says to somebody one time, he goes, Zoidberg. "Spare me your life story." And I think about that literally every time I'm with a patient that just won't shut up. And I, I really want to say it. One day I'm going to use it. When somebody pisses me off enough, I'm going to use it with somebody. I want to tell a patient to spare me their life story. And I can't. I can't tell you how many times I've said like. When did this rash pop up? And they're like, so I was born in 1947. Dude, every freaking day. Not the question. Last week, you know, listen, I was out at Dr. <laughs> oh, what's that guy? Dr. Uh, John- Johnson, I think. So. You know, out there next to Walmart across the street from the... Anyway, Don't so care. my cousin, <laughs> he just told me. He's like, I got this thing on my arm. And then I was talking to my cousin about it. Literally every patient interaction. Listen, when you go to the doctor and they ask what's wrong with you, just tell them the answer to their question. Yeah. Right? And it's my words as possible. Do they ever look up at your guys' degree on your wall and be like, oh, I know some of them went there. Did you know them? Does anyone no, ever do that? Never happened. I did because <laughs> nope. I went to I a big school. I also have my medical school. degree framed in, in my closet. Yeah, my, my degree is over here. It's not at the office. Well, see, that's the problem. It's all right. That's the problem. Oh, man. Well, I didn't do anything nearly as exciting as uh, hating patients or driving in the rain, Charles. My goodness. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Try it. But I did. I, I got to tell you guys, I did see. I saw two movies this last week. I'm seeing two movies this week. It's summer movie time. I'm very stoked about that. I saw The Flash on Friday. It was bad. And then uh, <laughs> 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 the movie's not good. I I heard it's, it was terrible. Thing, and they canceled Batgirl for that too. They need, they? Whoever made that decision needs to be put through a paper shredder. It's not good. Um, but on <laughs> Sunday I saw Mission Impossible Seven. Amazing time. Great. Great time at the movies. Uh, go see it in IMAX. Go see it in Dolby. Have a grand time. I'm so glad that we're back in like the summer of seeing movies. And what kind of you know what though? What's up? You know what, what? though? If if you complete seven impossible missions, I would invite you to like check your definition of impossible. You know what I mean? Like these sounds like 
these all kind of sound like mission. I mean, probably mission mission highly implausible has a little bit of less <laughs> Mi- ring mission. To it, maybe so. will be I fine. I know, but at a certain point. <laughs> At a certain yeah. point, yeah. They're not well, that's that like impossible. the IMF, which is the which is Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise. Never tell character. me the odds, Charles. Like he literally works for the IMF, which stands for Impossible Mission Force. So, like, oh my god, come on, that's a terrible. Oh, name. that's terrible. Movie rocks. Uh, does he fall through? Does he fall through the ceiling and barely touch no, the floor in movie. every movie, just or is that one. just in one? But I da 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 da. No, he does that when he jumps over the wall in the Vatican too. But I did watch one. Four, five, and six in like the week leading up to seeing seven. So they're on Paramount. Great time. But also, guys, what kind of week would it be if I didn't tell you my latest Brandon Sanderson reading update? <laughs> because that's who I am now. Um, Corey, I am what you and Charles made me, um, as Darth Vader would say. I'm reading Words of Radiance. It's the second Stormlight Archives book. It's red. <laughs> God, it's a and big boy. I am How many pages is this that? This far in. It is. I'm, I'm you need to slow very generous. There's no. He's written like 30 books. I'm not gonna write. <laughs> I'm worried about your. I'm worried about your health. It's about 1,000. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have an intervention. Dude, with are you, you remembering to eat? <laughs> no. Are you eating? Eric? Well, every day. He's not sleeping. I can tell you. <laughs> every that. day, I need to wake up and on before work or at lunch, I need to do my Fortnite daily challenges, and then I need to read my book, and then I try to play Final <laughs> Fantasy 16 when I have time, and then Starfield's coming out in September. Overall, words rating is really good. I'm that sounds like a lot of necessary, not at all arbitrary things. I'm glad you're. I'm glad Some you're of us need that. to find joy in our life, Charles. Not all of us have resigned ourselves <laughs> to our misery like you. Have. Just go drive in the rain, bro. <laughs> Charles just likes driving the rain. Drive in the rain. It's right? the simple things. <laughs> oh man! Well, hey, you guys know who has resigned themselves to joy in this life? It's our Patreon community over at utini.com/patreon or patreon.com/utini. That first link doesn't work. But you know who found the right word, the right link that does work? I got there. It's Kyle Bruce, who became an annual patron on Wednesday. Thank you, Kyle. Welcome to the ranks. We hope you enjoyed this next year of content and awesomeness and knowing that for the next 12 months, you are an integral part of why Utini keeps on running. In order to fully take advantage of it, make sure you get the Utini Network podcast feed into your RSS or your RSS feed into your podcast catcher of choice, except Spotify. Sorry, please fix that. That's so annoying. Um, <laughs> I use Spotify, but I have to listen to my Utini podcast and podcasts. Hate it. Uh, but if you don't hate it, you can listen to new episodes of the Ghost Crew that are coming up bi-weekly. The Cosmic Force is back. We didn't talk about this last week, everyone. The Cosmic Force oh, has yeah. returned. Our comic they podcast. have returned. In full yes. force. Yes, we promised at the end of that uh, that they posted a final episode. We promised we'd come back eventually, and it did. About a year later, mm-hmm. right? Like so. Hot minute. Uh, Wes has been working hard with that team yes. to help produce that. Wes is kind of our head of production, if you will. Well, I don't want to put any kind of any kind of accolades on me. I mean, those guys are the ones that really put the work into it and got this thing yeah. revamped and ready to go. Um, but I mean, they have great banter. Yep. Um, couple new faces or a, a new, new face, face, I guess. Yep. Um, a Park new face. Parker. From our TikTok. And, yep. If you watch the follows on TikTok, Parker's and our lot. and our new, that's uh, right. Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade review video coming out tomorrow. Parker's doing that. Yeah, that's right. Parker's doing that. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So um, for releases, if anybody would like to know, 
Patreon release. The Cosmic Force will go out on Tuesdays, and then General Public will get it the next day on Wednesday. And that also gets accompanied by a video, uh, the video podcast, where you can see a lot more. Uh, you see the page of the comics. You can see kind of some more like interaction between the guys. So um, it's going to be fun. They're going to be every two weeks. You're not going to get it every week because there's just so much comic content that um, if you condense it a little bit and give it more time to to get the details easy to read for new viewers and I guess uh, advanced viewers are like to love it. So um, check it out. And Wednesdays, they're coming back. The Cosmic Absolutely. Force. Absolutely. And that show is no longer live as well. It used to be a live show. It's now just a pre recorded right. show. Um, but enjoy it at your leisure. So very excited, very proud of those folks. So if you're on Patreon, of course, get those early feeds, get the exclusive stuff, and enjoy everything on there. Uh, now, this week, we only have one very important story, but it does deserve it in its own Star Wars. Weekly Roundup. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Okay, so it's been a little bit of a whirlwind week in Hollywood where they make the Star Wars, if you were unaware. But that, that's not true. They usually make it in, in Pinewood Studios in London. But um, Hollywood's been wild because everyone's on strike this week. If you've been out of the no, um, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, and the Writers Guild of America, the WGA, both of those unions are on strike right now. This has not happened for 66 years. The last time both of these unions were on strike at the same time, do you guys know who the president of SAG was? Any guesses? The president of SAG? Who was the president of the Screen Actors Guild last time this happened? I could name one president Ooh. of SAG, let alone Johnny Carson. one. Ronald Reagan was the president of SAG. Last oh time this God. happened. Yeah. I wow. read that, too. So, yeah, I read that somewhere. So now <laughs> that means Fran Drescher, the current, the nanny, and the current um, uh, yeah. president of SAG, she will now. Oh that's it. God, that was incredible, Wes. Wes. Uh, How the hell did you just pull that wow. out of your ass, bro? <laughs> that was well, she's going to be the president in the next couple <laughs> years, apparently, now. Um, <clears throat> but um, big news is that all productions that have... Um, Basically, professional union actors and writers are shut down right now. Um, nothing is being filmed. Nothing is being written. No scripts are coming out. Uh, the last time just the writers went on strike was 2007. If y'all remember the first season of Heroes being really good and the rest of it being awful, it's because of that. Um, so what does this mean for Star Wars? Basically, anything that was being written or being filmed has stopped right now. This will likely mean there's a lot of delays that are happening, but things like Ahsoka are still coming out. That thing is done. That thing is ready for next month. Um, Andor Season 2, I believe, was already all written uh, before the writer's strike happened. I'm not sure how much they got in, but obviously they're not filming now because they're all SAG actors. Uh, but, number one, we as as Utini, we as everyone in the Living Force uh, give our unwavering support for the actors and the writers. Um who are basically trying to get health insurance and all the good stuff and trying to basically billionaires need to give people money. It's not a hard thing. We give them total support. That's correct. Like that's very easy. Bob Iger's <laughs> comments on oh this God. were unacceptable. Yes. In my opinion. Absolutely. He was a, I, I've read Bob Iger's book and generally he has some really great leadership lessons and he's a decent leader, I think. And it's not like he's fixed a lot of the things after, you know, after he replaced what's his, a whole face that the was terrible. Bob. 
Yeah, the other Bob. Uh, but, uh, man, Iger's comments pissed me off this week, man. Like, he was a real big douchebag yeah. about that. He was like, basically, we just have to outlast them until, you know, they can't pay their rent anymore. Yep. And then, then they'll cave to our command demands. And some of the stuff they're asking about, too, like, they want uh, they want background extras and stuff just to be scanned yep. and sign their whole yep. life Paid away. Paid for one like, day, the and then AI. they can use you forever. That is unfreaking acceptable. I'm like really into AI and interested yeah, in this, tool. and I've been pushing it. Yeah, we use use the tool for different stuff, and uh, that pisses me off. I think this is this is where we're going to see society change. I think a lot mm-hmm. in regards to AI is is we have to figure out how to deal with likeness because you have to be able to own your own voice and the way you look and your genetics. You have to own that yep. shit. So that makes me mad, Bob Iger. You know, get your shit together. Yep. You know, a lot of time and energy could have been saved. We could have learned this lesson a long time ago if more people just watched the Disney Channel original movie Smart House. Thank you. That's correct. Thank you, Charles. That's how I feel That is correct. Uh, That is correct. I I will say... I will say... (laughs) You're (laughs) old, Wes. We know. It's it's terrible. (laughs) I will say that, uh, you know, people in the production community outside of the guild members, right, the union members are very confused on how to Mm -hmm. behave because we have very mixed feelings about this at Utini because we really like, we we want the writers and the creators, the people whose input on, you know, films and projects actually does make a difference. Not the producers, not Kathleen Kennedy, not the the people whose names are at the end because they're rich, right? Not those people. Like, these are the people that actually matter working on these projects. And everybody's very confused on how to handle this. And we have like a a 72 comment thread in our company Slack channels <laughs> about what are we supposed to do with this information? Yeah. What are creators supposed to do? And yeah. we've essentially decided to follow the general advice of the union, yeah. correct? Yeah, Eric? so essentially the, the biggest issue with this was even – obviously this hasn't happened in 60 years to this level. But even the last writer's strike, content creation did not exist as we know it. Right. So influencers, that's been the big thing. Like you see these TikTokers that go to movie premieres and things. Should they go? Because part of the actor strike is that none of the actors or directors will go to movie premieres to promote their work. That's a big thing. And because of that, a lot of production houses will be outsourcing that to non-union people like influencers to then go to red carpets. That's called scabbing. You're causing a picket line doing what would be paid work. According to the union, and, and like Corey said, we've done a ton of looking into this. Uh, a lot of people have been sending emails and posting their responses to Twitter. Thank you so much for keeping all of us informed. Essentially, if you're being paid by a production studio to do promotional work, like for a, a circuit or something like that, no, no, no. Cannot do. If you are writing reviews or doing like entertainment journalism or something like that, that is aside from that, all good. That is not prohibited. That is also promoting the workers' work and showing them how valuable the writing and the acting is. This is directly from the unions. Uh, There's an article in Variety that got posted in accordance with SAG. So over the last couple days, as we've been following that, we as Utini will continue our coverage. We're not – because, spoiler, we're not paid by anybody on the official lines. We'd love to once this is all over. Once it's done, feel free. (laughs) Bob, we know you got to work it out. But then feel free to shoot us an email. But because we are... Yeah, Bob, quit being a douche. <laughs> Come on, man. Us and give us some money. <laughs> um, but because of that, um, our workings will stay largely the same. We're gonna, You're going to get your reviews. You're going to get your coverage from us. Um, we're also going to be very frank as the strike goes on and keep you guys posted on how everything is going. Um, so that's where we are. 
Uh, if you want to be able to help, I know that the writers have a writer's creative fund that people are posting about. If you can't go out and pick it and you want to help, uh, do so. But we just kind of wanted to let y'all know where we're coming from. Um, thank you to everyone sharing resources again online for folks like us and bigger creators uh, to kind of figure out how the unions want us to work because we love what they make and hope they get paid more and fairly to do it because I believe it's, oh, let me check. Yeah, it's less than 0.1% of the operating budgets of these studios. <clears throat> so that would be yeah. great. Bob Iger got a $35 million bonus last year, so kiss He makes more in an hour than I do in that. many months, which is... That is correct. But that was his bonus. It wasn't a salary. A I think his salary is is like twenty eight million. I think I read. You know what's, so this is thirty five on top of twenty. You know what's amazing like, about on, his bonus too? It's that Obama meme with the medal. He's like, here, have a bonus, me. Like giving him yeah. some, some well, the, bonus. The board of directors awards it, but still, uh, yeah. I mean, God, it's dumb and it makes me mad. And yeah. literally, the writers and the actors are like the people that matter. Yeah. more than. 98% of the people. God, and so I'm just imagining him going into a board meeting like, Hey, guys, don't I deserve a whale bonus? Can I have a whale $30 million, <laughs> please? I know, I know. That's how you sound now, Bob. Until you give people money, you're a baby voice character now on this show. Uh, I hate but it. you know who is... I hate it. I like the guy, too. I, I like the I guy, too. To. Listen, you can't have... <laughs> You can't have heroes. No. You can't have heroes. There are no heroes. Your heroes will always let you down, Don't you know? meet Corey at Celebration. Don't go you up to him. die a hero or live long enough That's to correct. become the villain. That's right. Yeah, How is his bonus more than his salary? Because That's, That's incredible. Because of capitalism, Because of great Because of great negotiation. Because of, greed. Because of his yeah. lawyer. I know. It's his lawyer <laughs> and because of greed and because I have a whole bunch of George Lucas quotes about <laughs> this. I'm going to actually read one right Do now it. because this is, this is perfect. This is perfect. Um, he said... Um, he said, "Studio executives are generally not the most sophisticated people in the world, and you will know, you will find that if you go, and I hope you don't, but you don't want to be oppressed by people who are not as smart as you are." And I'm dumb. That's a George Lucas quote. <laughs> he knew. Studio he executives knew. are generally not the most sophisticated people in the world. I mean, he knew, man. Yeah. He knew. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's that's why he did things that he yeah. did so well you know. but stay tuned everybody you know keep, and keep watching your stuff again when soka comes out like <clears throat> watching those streaming numbers all those residuals have to be fixed those that's a huge part of it like streaming residuals are not paying mortgages or rents or electric bills like they used to but that is not being prohibited by sag that is expressly they said repeatedly watch the content enjoy the content they made it for us but the strike is supposed to be disruptive so stay tuned now, who are not on strike are authors because they've never gotten paid. And they ne- – no. Um, <laughs> but, oh, gosh. But That's correct. Thankfully, uh, Star Wars books are continuing to come out. As we said earlier in the show, <clears throat> Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade, this lovely book behind me, is coming out tomorrow. As always, my written review and Parker's video review are going to come out tomorrow. Um, so stay tuned for that. No spoilers in those, so check that out to see if you want to pick up the book. And then we'll be talking about it on this show in about a month. And if you like, uh, StarWars.com actually dropped a guest article today written by Delilah S. Dawson that had, like, five behind-the-scenes things about her writing the book. Uh, She gave a little love to Mike Chen's Brotherhood, which we all enjoyed greatly, and a couple other things. So go ahead, check that out, and then make sure if you're going to get that book, use the Utini affiliates on the book profile page. You know how this goes. Go to the release schedule on utini.com, click the book, and get ready. 
Oh yeah, there it is. Look at that, Wes. Five behind the spa- behind the pages secrets of Star Wars: colon, Inquisitor: colon, Rise of the Red Blade. We got to do something about this, dude. It- AI 100% wrote that. You can tell because there's so there's many so colons. Many colons. AI uses too many colons. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. It's a, thing. It's a whole lot, but <laughs> it's a cool article because usually it's like in in uh, an interview with the author, but Delilah S. Dawson wrote this whole thing. Uh, so nice. straight straight from her nice. mouth, she writes a lot about the book. So check that out, and I look forward to sharing uh, my thoughts with y'all. Um, I will say this because the embargo is up. Uh, in my review tomorrow, you will read this. The book starts slow. There's a decent amount of the book that is not Inquisitor, that she's not an Inquisitor for. Um, we've read some of the previews that have had her as a Jedi. So be aware that is how the book starts. Be aware of that because it happens for a little bit. It's a really, it's a solid book. Again, you'll see more in the, in the full review, but just so you all know. Okay. Let's talk about some awards, everybody, because theoretically... This strike will end um, because we have some award shows that need to happen and people need to be at them. Because earlier this week, before the SAG strike went into effect, they did announce the Emmy Award nominations for this upcoming year. And Star Wars got some love. Um, It's happened a little bit here and there. But tonight, I thought it would be fun for us to, one, go over some of the Emmy nominations that got announced. But then kind of figure out where do awards lie in Star Wars? Because there seems to have been this slight disconnect over the history of Star Wars, which being influential versus not being recognized by critics, does that matter and all that stuff. But I'd love to start out, fellas, by congratulating Andor, a.k.a. the best show ever made, and Obi-Wan, also a tremendous show. And if you don't like it, you're probably wrong. Uh, because Andor got eight Emmy nominations, including Outstanding Drama Series, aside shows like Succession, Better Call Saul, that's right, Andor's right there, and it got cinematography, directing, music composition, main title music, sound editing, visual effects, and writing, and Obi-Wan got Best Limited or Anthology Series, Outstanding Fantasy Costuming, Editing, sound editing, and sound mixing. So, and The Mandalorian got some too, but I didn't like that show as much, so I didn't put them on here. So, uh. <laughs> it's my show. Fight me. Um, <laughs> so, fellas, I want to ask you to start us off here. Purely for these Emmy nominations this year, uh, surprised by any of these? Or did you feel like that seemed about right um, based on what we saw? I'm surprised by the Kenobi stuff. We all loved Kenobi, like, endlessly, and uh, had an absolute blast with the show. The cinematic community had a hell of a lot of criticism for the show, and I'm kind of surprised to see so much stuff on there. Yeah, that is fair. There, there wasn't as much, like, overall love, and I feel like retroactively, too. I think everyone had a great time during it, and they were like, well, maybe I didn't like that as much as I thought. Shut up. I know, I know. They read everybody's shitty opinions on the internet, and then I guess I didn't like it as much, like... Shut up. Yeah, you did. Yep. Go watch it again. Exactly. <laughs> These are kind of they're kind of obscure awards. Outstanding sound mixing for a limited or anthology series or movie. Uh, it's like a lot. Yeah, a it's mouthful. a lot of below the the limited ones are always interesting because that's like your American horror stories and you know your 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 yeah. limited run shows. But it is funny because they got to do the sound editing for this, sound mixing for this, outstanding fantasy sci-fi costumes for a limited series, and I'm like, that's a very specific amount of stuff. 
Yeah, you know what I can, they should do? I can kind of get the costumes. Yeah, they should. <laughs> they should. But, but of course, Charles, you are a resident, you know, number one Obi Wan guy. You obviously love the show. But were you surprised that uh, that Obi Wan got this much love? Um, yes and no. Here, answer this question for me first, and then I'll tell you Excellent. for sure. Who votes for this? What like is there like a body of established people that are in charge of nominations for Emmys? Yeah, the Television Academy, I think, right? Emmy. The Television Academy. Okay. I think so. Sounds like people that know what they're talking about. I don't care then what yeah. Twitter warriors say <laughs> Kenobi wasn't good because this or that or the other thing. It was freaking great, guys. It was freaking great. So, um, no, I'm not surprised. I am also not surprised, though, that Andor got more nominations mm-hmm. um, than Kenobi did because, I mean, it was... It was literally, as far as Star Wars TV goes, it was a masterpiece. Yeah. So, no, not surprised that that Kenobi got as many nominations as it did. Are there is there not like an outstanding lead actor or actress in these series? Is that not are there not Emmys? For so these okay, things? so yeah, here's the thing I wanted to speak on. That that's my surprise, right? Is because so I was thrilled that all these below the line essentially categories, like technical categories, kind of got kind of got a lot of Star Wars love. They have a little more in the past, which we'll talk about in a bit. But I was a little shocked that there was no acting love for Andor. Specifically, I think we all really loved Diego Luna in the show. Um, I think that, you know, we loved a lot of them. But specifically, Stellan Skarsgård as Luthen and Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. I think were two people that really, really deserved it. Especially when, in Best Supporting Actor for a Drama, all of the, I think there were eight nominees. And there were four actors from The White Lotus and four actors from Succession. Two shows only. Now, that being said, that being said, I will be honest. Um, I've not watched The White Lotus. I've heard it's great. I did watch Succession. Every single one of the Succession nominations is deserved. I think it's one of the best seasons of television of all time. But I was like, I, I, I really wish that Stellan or Genevieve had just like, taken that extra step and crossed over because the amount of legitimacy that that kind of would have given the Star Wars community, which I actually want to ask you guys about, like, I think would have been great, but no, let's go into that. Like, do you think that acting awards specifically give more legitimacy to Star Wars as a brand in the eyes of the public? Uh, yes, to a degree. I, I think that they do because look at for instance, what happened even amongst Star Wars fans when they uh, announced what's the upcoming High Republic Young Jedi Young Jedi Adventures show that's coming out? Maybe no. is that what it is? The one with Jude Law? Is that oh the no, one with Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew. Okay, thank you, Skeleton Crew. Look at how people reacted when Jude Law was announced as being in the show. Be like, holy crap, that's actually oh, a really sure. good actor. And I mean, interestingly, the roots of Star Wars are in casting virtually unknown actors for the most part. I mean, Sir Alec Guinness was Sir Alec Guinness, right? But for the most part, it's, it's people that aren't known. And then they kind of uh, come into their own through the franchise sometimes and then go on to do great things or, or what have you. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that if you can pull in bigger names, mm-hmm. more impressive mm-hmm. names, you're going to pull in more people that just like watching these really popular actors and actresses. And, you will then broaden the the kind of audience for the show in general. 
and thereby I think defeat that common trope that like, oh no, that's just a, a dumb space show. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head, and I think that's why you know we we asked our, our title this week: Do the awards actually matter? I think in a way it's yes because it's exactly what you're saying there. I think that a lot of folks, like myself included, let's say when the when the Oscar nominations come out, I every year try to watch every single nominee for Best Picture because I'm like, this is, whether it's for me or not, whether it's my style or not, there is a body of people that's saying, you know what? I really like this. This is worth your time as a viewer. I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. And I think that there are people that maybe didn't like Star Wars or never grew up with Star Wars because they thought it's not great cinema, blah, blah, blah. The show has to be just choppy. But then you see all of these actual nominations and then it gives legitimacy to an entirely different group, you know, because folks like us are going to watch Star Wars no matter what. But people that are just watching your successions and your yellow jackets and Better Call Saul's maybe won't give it a shot. But then you see Andor nominated for Outstanding Drama Series. You see Mandalorian Season 1. That was on the mark. Your, remember, that got nominated for Outstanding Drama next to Game of Thrones and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, maybe I should try it. And I think that's really what these award shows nowadays do more than anything. They tell you, hey, this is worth your time. Tr- go ahead and try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it kind of the simple fact that there's just more eyes on Succession and White Lotus than there is on Andor? Is that a, is that a fact? I was trying to look up... <laughs> Like the actual viewers from Isn't White Lotus everyone. and Succession, there's no, nothing. Streaming, streaming there's nothing like no, concrete. Which is also part of the strike, yeah. right? Is that it's they very, don't tell anyone? Yeah. You can't. Exactly, you can't. I can't pinpoint exactly what the numbers mm-hmm. are, and you can't like how many people are watching it in the same house right. and all that other crap. So, used to be like the Nielsen ratings was a thing to go to. Nielsen ratings, Tom, young guys. I, I remember Nielsen the, ratings, old buck. <laughs> the rating system on television. Okay, yeah. <laughs> But that's that's what they used to go off of, and I sit like just stepping back and seeing like Succession and White Lotus. I hear a lot of people talk about it, but I don't hear a lot of people talk about Star Wars. It's trying to get that foot into the main into the mainstream mm-hmm. to where like my parents would right. talk about it. Like, hey, have you seen Andor? Because my parents like I, I don't know they watch the news in like the Astros, and that's <laughs> it. Yeah. So if they came to me and were like, oh, Andor got an Emmy, I'd be like, no way, you're just yanking yeah. my chain or whatever. But. Um, I just think, yeah, there's more eyes on these other on these other shows. But like you said, these famous actors, when they get cast into these shows and they get these nominations or or even win the award, that helps to that helps after the fact, right? Yeah. So maybe in the next line, the next season or the next show coming up, we'll get more eyes on it. But I just think it's we're still in that niche where we can't you know grab mass audiences the way that these. I guess these broader yeah. shows can act, can get. It's just, well, and, and there's this yeah, there's fair. this interesting thing now with like <laughs> literally the, the idea of prestige television, right? That's like literally the phrase for stuff that kind of started like with The Wire was in The Sopranos, like that time when HBO was really like, hey, we're we're putting out movie level drama because TV was was not even thought of as real for like the '90s and the early aughts. Like, eh, film actors aren't going <laughs> to de- degrade themselves. And now, if you can get a limited series on HBO, mm. you're golden. You know, Kate Winslet's doing this stuff. So I, I think it's interesting now that TV is getting that reputation. If we can keep Star Wars at the level that these bodies are going to also like, you know, like, despite how, how fun it can be, Marvel shows aren't getting nominated for Outstanding Drama and Emmys. You know, they're not getting these kind of things. 
whereas Star Wars has now seemedly, seemingly broken this plane. Because I want, I want to tell you guys, I did some research before this. Because we've had Star Wars TV in animated form for a while, right? And I looked it up. Yeah. Um, Clone Wars, his entire run, got one Emmy nomination for Outstanding Animated Program in 2004. Did not win, but that's the only Emmy it received. What season of Clone Wars would that have been, I wonder? I think it was season one, actually. That's a tr- yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Not a lot going on there. Um, Rebels <laughs> got four Emmy nominations total. Couple for outstanding children's programs, some for music, didn't win any. Now the Mandalorian, though, forty-eight Emmy nominations and fourteen wins. Mm-hmm. A lot of those are te- no, they're all technical, right? So they're they when they showed. I mean, we remember that first season when we saw the volume for the first time, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is the future!" And now we're like, "Please stop using the volume for everything." Uh, <laughs> but, but at the time, it was pretty big, it's you true, know, though. and I think it deserved yeah. it. But this was the one that blew my mind the most. All Star Wars movies in history combined, all saga films, Rogue One Solo, 34 Oscar nominations total, and nine wins, all below-the-line categories, no acting, no directing, and not a single win since Empire Strikes Back in anything. Wow. Not anything? Anything. No Oscars, at least. That's nope. Not even like... Not even like sound. None of the, scroll down, West. CGI scroll down, West. that shit from? Got a that's, couple of yep, ones. Return of the Jedi what, got a special oh, achievement. Oh, we got a special, a special achievement count. award. That's now, not fair. Now, scroll down. Is nominated, is nominated, <laughs> nominated, 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 nominated. Star shit. Wars has not Aren't won an Oscar since the special achievements? They're Oscars. Yeah. yeah. So, tell me wow. this. Why do you guys think Star Wars has won so little since Empire... Despite the innovation, despite I mean the the themes have been iconic. The everything says it's Lucas changing the industry, but clearly there has been a huge gap between what the critics or general public agree. Since New Hope won six of the eight, right? Is it just because that changed everything and then everyone got bored? Like, wh- why is there this disparity? I have a. I have a- I want to answer this question in the form of another George Lucas Perfect. quote. Perfect. I was hoping you would. <laughs> All right. Uh, another George Lucas Here you go. The movie industry has turned into a bit of a circus. It always has been there, but it's now gotten to be a circus without any substance behind it. And I get blamed for a lot of that. But at the end, if you go into Star Wars and take the time to actually see what's going on, there's a lot more substance there than circus. Wow. <laughs> That's a great quote, actually. Well, Good for um, you, George. <laughs> that's why, because these, because these, these freaking, these freaking awards don't matter. They, it's, it's, it's a really. Who even decides this stuff? Charles, you asked yeah. that question earlier, and I don't even understand so the, the answer. So Intellectuals. Oscars. Well, yeah, yeah. No, they're so, not. So Silhouettes me, sitting in a boardroom. This is a great question. This is a great question because that's this is now where all my my acting nerdery comes out because. Each of them are yes. different, right? Tell us the so answers. So the SAG Awards, the SAG pe- union that's on strike, right? The SAG Awards are actually what uh-huh. actors love the most because if you're in SAG, if you're an actor in SAG, you get to vote for the SAG Awards. So it's kind of like your peers that are on sets doing stuff vote for SAG. They know what's going on. The Academy, as the Friendly Gamer okay. says in the chat, a <clears throat> bunch of voters. A lot of people get like brought in every year, and over the years, it's gotten much more diverse. It's, it's thousands and thousands of people. You have to be associated with film in some way. But for many years, it's kind of gotten this reputation as being this old guard kind of really 
kind of dull group of folks. But in the last ten or fifteen years, who who is that? The, who's, who's yeah, that? The Oscars, Oscars or the Television Academy. The Academy. Or no, Television Academy is the Emmys. The Oscars are the Academy. The Mo- Academy of Motion Pictures. Okay. And yes, they are the folks that vote on it. They're all involved some way, and they seem to like. A mixture of playing it's war yeah movies. war movies they love war <laughs> movies and sad movies they freaking yeah. love war but movies but not when they're yeah. in the stars yeah. but the last few years have been interesting because you have like everything everywhere all at once winning best picture parasite winning best picture moonlight winning best picture like all these things that are much more uh-huh. different and now we have things like franchise entertainment which star wars wasn't when new hope came out right that was original ip and it's the question of like if you're in a franchise is the best you can ever hope for a nomination is is the nomination for Andor as good as a win for Succession, for instance? You know, because we know we can never win. Maybe I think in a way, yeah. I, I think that's. Stupid. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it is it is <laughs> dumb, but you're absolutely right that they do seem to award the new stuff, like the stuff that's unique. Like yeah, there's a reason right, that. Right. You know, the, everyone talks about when A New Hope came out, how that opening shot with the Star Destroyer coming over the top like was just, like, life-changing. Okay, there's, like, 47 of those shots in every Star Wars movie that's out <laughs> right, now. Right, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. it's not – it doesn't have the same shine to it while all this new stuff is all still coming out. That's not to say that A New Hope is the best Star Wars film. I don't think it is. I don't think anyone probably on this podcast thinks it is. No. But it was, at the time, a, a groundbreaking yeah. thing. So – it's just you lose that ability to have that newness and to like, like there's there's a spark when something new comes out and everyone's like, oh my god, have you seen this thing? Have you seen this thing? You don't do that for new Star Wars movies unless you're kind of in the nerd community because it's like, yeah, yeah, in 1977 I saw it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's also <laughs> yeah. a point of that said- with us with the books, like Light of the Jedi. We were like, this new thing, this is amazing. Oh my god. Like, that was the last book that really kind of lit the fire for everybody simultaneously because it hadn't happened since Force Awakens, you know? Right. So that I think that they made a new standard whenever they made these whenever they won these uh uh Oscars like so when episode 4 comes out, they broke that glass yeah. ceiling, set the bar already. So they're above that now. And it's not getting any better until episode five, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, like only f- like yeah, three years later. Empire. But after that, after that, the bar has been set, and then everybody else is kind of up there with them. Right. They've already they've surpassed that, and has Star Wars surpassed that? Have they come up with something new? That's kind of unfair, yeah. right? Where they have to they have to innovate and have something new and creative and something that nobody else is doing yeah. every single movie that's yeah. like that can't no. be done i mean do that you guys i think there's a i think there's a spectrum to it right because mm-hmm. things like lord of the rings yeah. for instance sure, like sure. didn't return of the king clean up yes right most and it oscar was, like, wins the third. of all time for a single film i think yeah and it was like the third film in a series right. but it's it's something that has like an ending like that even is a little bit different than something that's just ongoing forever and ever like right now sitting right here would anyone here think it likely like more likely than not that a future star wars film wins a, a, an oscar no but but only because more likely than not, only because Maybe. charles Maybe. Never you made that. a great point right there is that for franchises the last one if you nail it, gets a lot of praise. Like Return of the King, yeah, you honor it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I think the problem is, is that now Star Wars 
is infinite. And we should never believe them if they say it's ending because they already said that. <laughs> With nine, <laughs> and they've times. already, and, and I'm times. excited for so it. Stupid. I've ranted yeah. and bitched about that so many times. The marketing was the end of the Skywalker saga. Like, fuck you. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, yeah. Boris. I know. Yeah. I'm so mad about that still. It's so but it's stupid. It's a valid point, you know? Anyway, like, it, is a val- you know? it is a valid point. And it is we a valid like point. endings like, in society, which is so ironic because we don't get them anymore. <laughs> but we love them because it feels like I know. there's something beautiful that kind of culminates and if you nail that it's great if you don't it's bad as we also saw with Rise of Skywalker yeah. but I think that we, yeah. we can never have that with Star Wars now to your point Charles and an Oscar not not unless not unless they do something completely yeah. different now if they do if they do a new show that takes place in the old Republic or the high Republic using no characters you've ever seen before and tell a really original story with really interesting sets that are completely original mm-hmm. no desert planets no snow planets like you know, if they do all of that, yeah. then maybe, then maybe that's these snobs in the movie well, community will say, will say, oh, yeah, yeah it's original. Let's well, I think that's it, why you know, Andor got the nominations. We like it, it now. I think that because th- that's exactly. What this yeah, is. It's, it's the first exactly. thing that's any different than anything else yeah. you've ever seen before. Yeah. So, Whereas I like mean, right now, like yeah. I th- my hot take succession is going to win most of its Emmys. Because it's Everything. it's its final yes. season, but everybody says Succession is like the and it's yes the best is and it's, people are saying it's the best TV show yeah. in the last decade. Yeah, it's I mean, like astonishing. I, I I I get it. I mean, I get it. But like, it it is also a little. Do you think that maybe the fact that the, the way the movie mm-hmm. industry works has got like a role in this? Like, yes, like let's take them down. That let's are on do these it. boards and make all these yeah. votes, like. Like they are all part of this very corporate system, and you do you think that they see like a like a like a not an indie film, but so a, a film that pushes the boundary and is a little bit different, and they know that that's nothing that they could ever create. Mm. Like I, they could never create that because they're part of this corporate system. Do you think it's like out of out of like a sense of guilt or like loss, like mm. or imposter syndrome, even maybe that that's why they choose those types of projects because. Everything everywhere mm-hmm. all at once won so many yeah. awards this year and like it's a little goofy to me to see that like I don't know, it just it just feels like every single time these award shows come around, like there's there's numerous awards. You're just like Really? Like that's mm-hmm. what beat this other thing? Like I mean, yeah, that was yeah. fine, but like did they actually just get that award because they had not won one yet? Like what's the Freaky Friday actress that won yeah, yeah. The she freaky won what? The best Freaky actress? Friday Sir. address. Yeah, That's best, incredible. Yeah, you yeah. think of what a moment as the Freaky Friday actress? I know, I know. It's the first movie that came to my head. Shut the hell up! All right. Yeah, but I mean, there, there is. She won like best actress, actress or something, yeah. right? There, and it was yeah. like, it, it is that yeah, it's, it's about why? time for older folks and things. But I, but I think you make a great point about the movie industry and the television no. industry as a whole. Is that these last few years of franchise entertainment? We, we, I feel like we've we've been filling the bubble, right? We've had the bubble of, of superhero films and action films and IP and DC and Marvel and Star Wars. And, like, we've been filling it. We've been filling it. And then we had highs like, like Endgame. Oh, my God. Incredible. And The Last Jedi. This is great. Like, we're, we're getting great stuff happen. And then I feel like the bubble is right at its limit now where we can get a great film like, like Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, right? Which we all uh, have seen it enjoyed tremendously. But it is now being seen as, like, this – with the computers and the algorithms, like, 
a flop because it costs 300 million dollars and it's only making 300 million at a certain point and they're going to lose money and i think to your point corey all these people that are trying to figure out what projects they fund and what they do with their ips are trying to figure out not what can we innovate the most and try to get awarded it's we need to be able to make back now 300 million dollars <laughs> So how can we get the largest net? And Charles, we were talking off mic a little about how frustrated this makes you. Yeah, but honestly, for me, I think the most frustrating part is seeing just the general conversation become that, like, Dial of Destiny is a flop. Now, I'm biased. We, we would all be biased. We all love Indiana Jones. It was, like, literally one of the most magical movie experiences. I've had in a long time to see Harrison on the big screen oh, yeah. like that again. Probably since the <laughs> seeing him in The Force Awakens. Um, but... It it is frustrating to me because it's like it makes sense for the industry to talk about movies that way, sure. or for like the actual you know group, whether it's Disney or whatever, who makes the movie. That makes sense to say like, man, we lost money or we barely broke even. What's weird to me is that you see it make its way into like the Twitter discourse from like yeah. <clears throat> from like fan accounts and yeah. like you know all these like all these different accounts. It's like yeah, this movie was a flop, and it's like time out, dude. Like. Did you not go and see maybe one of Harrison's like last bows on the big screen and, and it was actually an incredible yeah. movie? And yeah, it just isn't making money. So it's weird to me that you cross those. It's almost like we've crossed those lines here. And I think part of the problem there is is us as like creators yeah. uh, to a degree just thinking like, oh, yeah, like we need to yeah. think like the industry it's does. We. But hi, we're the problem. It's we. Yeah, exactly. But like, so here, here's a thought experiment for you guys, real quick. Hit me. If, if the bomb. next Star Wars project, mm-hmm. you can only have two out of these three things. Okay. Okay. Universally beloved by the fandom. Okay. Okay. Everyone just thinks it's off the charts. Great. Yep. Wins right, a bunch of major next. awards. Yep. <laughs> wins a bunch What's of major the- awards, <laughs> like Emmys or Oscars okay. or, or whatever it is, or makes a crap ton of money. You can have two out of the three. Which two do you choose, and why? First two, and you have to not live. Money. You have to live with the consequences yeah, the of whichever one you don't. Yeah. Choose. Well, so I'll say the first two, but I will acknowledge what that means by not having the third, because I Universal Acclaim and um, wins a bunch of awards. To me, that is like the A twenty four ification of movies right now. That's like your everything ever all at once is. That's uh, like uh, Blumhouse, like Get Out. That's like a lot of these Oscar movies that I love. Which says to me, that's kind of also what Andor was, where, like, the reviews are great, the streaming numbers from what we heard weren't awesome, but, like, now it's getting awards, like, it's a good product. However, that means if it didn't make its money back because of the way Star Wars works now, likely that creator would not be given another project or the next movie would be different. But I think... mm, I think this is true, but I want to. Hear, I, I'm interested to see if you guys agree with me. Because of how much stuff stuff we're getting now, that's just stuff. I'd rather have one amazing movie and then not get stuff for quite a while, while they figure okay. it out, rather than getting kind of like eh, it's like a seventy percent, like every other year. <clears throat> yeah, like like, like Rotten Tomatoes, like 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 oh, it's like a seventy. It's it's good. It's fine. You know, it's 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 doable, but I'd rather get yeah. like a masterpiece Lo- that doesn't make money. <laughs> yeah, Marvel is the best example of this because Loki oh. was an amazing show, and literally every other show that they've made has been like a six or a seven out of ten in my That's eyes. Fair. Like, 
I mean, like some of them are fun, and yeah, I, I've enjoyed watch. watching them. And I watch them every Wednesday when they come out, and you know it's worth it to me. Mm. But like Loki a show. was proper really show. Good. Yeah, it was a good show. It was a proper show, and like, so what? What do they do for that? They don't do for the others, the other content. You know what I mean? So like, I definitely think that's a that's a good example, though, Charles, because like those are the metrics that people care about. Is like money, awards, and exactly. And, numbers yeah. so what if it makes what if it makes it's a sets a bad precedent because if it makes a lot of money wins of a lot of awards you're almost guaranteed to continue that franchise or start something else with that team and but the movie show or whatever could be a flop and it could actually suck right but actually but make yeah. a lot of money and so you were like made a lot of money yeah. i mean we got to start we got to continue yeah. this and that just sets you like you make that ball, that snowball, heavier and heavier as it goes downhill, and then you're stuck with. You made a lot of money, but you're stuck with yeah. some crap content and Which people. Does, then they. <laughs> it raises it the question of responsible yeah. consumerism too. Right? Yeah, I mean that's true. Well, then uh, put your money. I mean, JG makes a great point in the chat that obviously is on everyone's mind this this week with the strikes is that studios apparently have lost the ability to budget franchises right now. Um, they clearly don't pay their writers um, or their actors because they're striking about it. But these movies still cost $300 million. And these shows, like Andor Season 1, cost yeah. $250 million. And I'm like, the the That's answer... Crazy. What was the... What, Go ahead. What was the drama with Marvel, too? That something the FX about studios. The VFX years, budgets were just have, like yeah, literally insane. their VFX people to the point of like ridiculously like basically unsafe work environments and drastically underpaid them so that's why people say why does why does marvel's movies like look worse the last couple of years just from a practical standpoint the deadlines because they've been pumping out content 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 has been going crazy yeah, ridiculous. And you can try to pay someone more but there's only so many hours that exist I know. so i th- it's just abuse of yeah. it's like this abuse of VFX yes. too, right? I yeah. saw this picture on on I think Twitter this week of like Samuel Jackson and Secret uh, Invasion new show yep. on uh, yeah Secret Invasion where they he's sitting in front of yep. a CGI he's sitting yep. in a chair in front of a green screen and they CGI the yep. entire background in front of him and they CGI his gun yep. and they, in his clothes. Do you, but, oh, and, like, do you know why they did that like, though? There's an answer because why props people are union, set people are union, VFX people are not. So they don't have to pay them union too. dues. So it's cheaper. So I think ultimately the, yeah. like the real answer that they're not going to do for a franchise IP to kind of help this thing is do more low-budget stuff. <clears throat> and that can't be low-budget. Like More low-budget stuff. Use the yeah, sets like, and people. Like just write stories. There also needs to be more re, more reuse as well. I saw a really strong argument for that as well. That so many movies nowadays are literally used the entire set one time and you never use it ever again. Like, yep. you know, they spend millions and millions yep. of dollars like why does every Star Wars film cost as much money as it does? Like, how many freaking full-scale X-Wings have yeah. we made now? You know what I mean? Like, and I know they reuse a lot of yeah. the props and that sort of thing, but like it it just seems insane to me that we can spend yeah. so much money on these on these studios and these budgets and like doing doing things on location at different locations and trucking all that crap yep. and getting it all set up and paying the local like labor fees or whatever mm-hmm. with although some maybe less than others um, instead of doing it in studio like and say like on lots yep. or something 
it makes a huge difference in, in cost. Yep. I don't know if <laughs> this is, of course, this is me. <laughs> I don't know if y'all seen the American Gladiators documentary. But <laughs> it, I just missed it, Wes. I just had, missed it. They did. They did a like during the during the actual shooting. Like when they were off, they would do a tour around all the cities, and they were making all kinds of money. But they also had these eight to ten big ass trucks that carried the set with them everywhere it went, and they didn't. They just broke yeah. even. They weren't making any money, so they weren't able to pay a lot of people, and they were they just yeah, basically bounced checks. So like. Doing doing movies like on location and changing locations and then going back to studio, all that kind of stuff adds to that yeah. cost. I mean, somebody's got to pay for it. If only there were just millions of dollars somewhere in these studios that you could pull from. <laughs> and I'm talking just millions of dollars. Yeah, about, you know, 35 so, yeah, or yeah, so. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, uh, you know, I get it. I mean, it's just. I mean, I get it. It's easy for us oh, to yeah. sit here in our armchairs and you I'd know, fix bitch it and moan this about way. like yeah. how much money, how much money they spend. <laughs> but there are so many examples of unbelievably good films that did not cost three hundred billion dollars no. to make. That not every single film has to cost no. that. Like, yeah. Listen, the pandemic has changed yes, movies fundamentally, right? Like, fundamentally. The cinema has still not come yeah. back. The numbers have still not come back. This week they're not, back. You know, Eric, you Barbenheimer revives. The industry, get ready. That's not going to happen. I mean, it is so far. 40,000 people. Yeah, listen. It's going to be great. Yeah, the super hyper film nerd community is never going to change. But that is a small community compared to, you know, what it takes to recoup a $300 million film, right? Like, if you had, if you had... If you had told me that the Indiana Jones movie was going to cost three hundred dollars, three hundred million dollars, three hundred dollars, three hundred million dollars, and uh, was not going to make that back, I would not yeah. be surprised at all. Yeah, like that doesn't shock me at all. Like you don't, it's not the yeah. size of the budget that makes no. the film. Well, and, just, and also right now we have there's so many more offerings. Like the Super Mario Brothers movie made one point four billion dollars. And, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 made almost a billion dollars. <laughs> Little Mermaid made over 700 million. Like, I think that we're, we're getting movies back, but when the movies cost also as much to go now for families, is that you're a family. Oh, yeah, you're picking nuts, dude. one movie a month? Something bucks, like that? Dude. Like, yeah, if that. Like, if oh, no, that's way yeah, too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Man, growing up, I went to the movies two or three times yeah. a year max. Yeah, so, yeah. like... You know, like, I just, uh, I think that's, wow, JG said the budget for everything everywhere all at once. $25 million. That is And it looked like that. It looked great. I know. It looks great. I know. It's, it's, there's a lot of bloat in modern movie making. And I think this is fundamentally, to bring this back to Star Wars, this is fundamentally the problems that George Lucas had with the movie industry, right? I have another quote. I'm going to read you because I pulled a bunch of quotes. He, he said, I did the most stupid thing that anybody can do in the movie business. Anybody in the movie business knows not to do this because you already know that there's suckers out there, and anybody that invests in a movie is a sucker. I said, I will now take over and finance my own pictures because they cannot touch me. They cannot come in and recut it afterwards. They can't make notes on the script. They can't do anything. Obviously talking about mm-hmm. you know, the big studios. Yeah. He also said, artists don't make money. If you really want to make money, you shouldn't be here. You should be painting. You can do one of those paintings, mostly a white canvas or whatever, and make $50 million. We don't make $50 million on our movies. I mean, yeah, yeah we don't make $50 million on a movie. Yeah, so, like, 
uh, my favorite quote, all yes. the money. <laughs> Movies don't make money. I got news for you. All the money's there in the action is. figures. <laughs> if you own the movie, which I came to do, you make a lot of money, but you have to own it. But that means you have to put the money in. And I think that is fundamentally the problem yeah. here is is greed. Yes. Is greed. These gigantic studios want to put in, you know, $50 million and and take a billion-dollar profit. Yep. You know what I mean? And they all want to pat themselves on the back and say, look what we did. We made this incredibly expensive film, and it made so much money, and all the people came because we made it so big and so expensive. That's why they came. And, like, it's just crazy, dude, that, like, it hasn't changed. Nothing has changed since the 70s when George Lucas created Star Wars. It's still the big, giant, evil, capitalistic companies pushing their agendas i i definitely agree with that and not to absolve the studios of their problems because i think they're hugely to blame for this but i do think it also is in how society has changed and our short-term memory loss basically where we have to have constant stimulation (laughs) from this and that like look at how like weird and the the dichotomy of like barbie and oppenheimer that you're talking about that it has like you know twitter and social media ablaze for like what's probably going to be three weeks and then we're going to move on to the next thing. And the same thing goes for us, even within a niche community like star Wars, like most of us have watched what the Mandalorian, uh, and or once through and we're the hardcore fans. And it's because there's always the next thing, always the next thing. So it's, it's our short attention span. It's the sheer amount of content that they pump out and then they just seem to be throwing their wallets and their purses at every single one yeah. of these projects. I, I mean, it's an absolute recipe for disaster. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, they want every film to be. Yeah, Avengers, and, and you right? can't. And that's never gonna. That might no. never happen again in human yeah. history. They worked for a yeah, decade, I mean, built up thirty films, and they did it, and they nailed it. But also now you had the idea where like these Star Wars movies and franchise movies were always run by, like, younger people that wanted their parents brought them in or they wanted to go see it as teenagers. Like, I would go see a movie on, like, a Wednesday with friends. Like, I would do that. But now you can stay at home and infinitely scroll TikTok and get constant new content (laughs) for five hours for free. Go play Fortnite for free. Or honestly watch the movie itself a month later because they pull it from theaters because it wasn't doing super well. 45 days until VOD. Yeah, Insane. it's crazy. It's Give me three crazy. months. Do you remember? Do you remember what it was like? To, how long you had to wait when a movie like came out on VHS or yeah, DVD? DVD? I mean, dude, it was like yeah. six months to a year. Yeah. And dude, Matt Damon's rant yep. about that on Hot Ones is yep. like top hunting. tier. Yeah, you guys heard that? You guys? Yep. Yeah, he's t- he talks about he talks about DVDs yep. and like DVDs used to be the thing, but now that's off the table and streaming services have ruined yep. that because like used to any losses that you made on the film, like that's not actually where the money was. The money was in the sales after the movie came, right? Yep. So like, but now that doesn't exist because no yeah. one buys a hard. That's the cover, Napoleon Dynamite example. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. And like you know, I think I think the industry is going to have to have a major wake-up call in the next five yeah. to ten years because streaming services are not making yep. money like they're supposed to be. There are way too many yep. of them, and they are all equally terrible. <laughs> they're all equally good, but they're all equally terrible because they're all splitting the profits. Yep. Like They're all splitting like the projects. Like Some things have some yep. things. Hulu's got Futurama. Star Wars is on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. You know what I mean? So. Everybody's got their own stuff, and this it's too spread out, and nobody's going to the movies anymore. So, like, 
I think I think if they want to figure this shit out, they have to. They're gonna have to embrace a future that I I've been saying for a long time that I don't think that they're ever gonna get on board with. Is I think that the future of movie consumption is not in the mm. theater. I think in the next in our lifetime we're gonna see that. I don't like that. Yes, that makes I people sad. I like it makes a lot of people really sad. and people upset. You. But I, I think that's what we have to do. It. I think I think that's going to be the future. Is that a better experience? No, it's a, absolutely not a better experience. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely not a better experience. But that is what consumers are used to because, as Charles is saying, society has changed now. There is so much dopamine on this stupid little box that I have in my <laughs> right. hand now that, like, why would I pay $50? It's going to go, it's only more expensive, by the way. Why would I pay $50 for me and my spouse to go see a movie? Well, well like, get on the A list and sneak in your own snacks. That's going to. <laughs> I was going to pre-boost your Eric here, but I think it's more like a, it's a destination. It's a thing to yes. do. It's not like oh, I have to. I don't know. How, I have to take in this content because it came yeah. out. This is uh-huh. something for me to leave the house. This is an event I'm going to have with my yep. friends, my family, I get whomever. That. I get that. And you, that's and you're not going to do it every yeah. single day. You can go see. You know, you could probably watch any the movies that come out that you don't kind of really want to see. But, like, movies you want to see, you want to make that as an event. Yeah. To be able to make that as an event, you have to leave the house and go something, go somewhere that that has technology, screens, or whatever that you don't have. Yeah. And, and I think and what, what we're s- seeing is that overall, if we, want, if we want that to happen, if we want the theater experience to be good, and if we want, like, even if it's not streamers, these shows, like, like to bring it back to the start of it all, if you want them to be award-worthy in IP, if we want them to be able to be made... We've seen a couple of consistent things. Above all is a singular voice, right? People that write and direct their own shows or the showrunner is also the scriptwriter. Like, Tony Gilroy is Andor. George Lucas was Star Wars, him and Kasdan, right? They did all, like, all these partnerships. If you're consistent, Loki was a single person. Like, those also take risks, though. Because if that one person messes up and the studio figures out you did something wrong then you can't outsource it, which is why I think that we have shows where right. different, eight different writers and ten different directors happen to try to be safe. But if you get one person with a consistent vision making something budgetarily conscious, then you can risk more and actually try to do more things where your movie can be in a theater and doesn't have to make $800 yeah. million. It can make $120 million, and that's fine. It can be on a streamer or hopefully on something slightly better in the future. And you don't need it to be the yeah. top five show of the year to break even. You know? <clears throat> Only five shows get to be top five. Yeah, I know. You know? Like, you can just be a show. Yeah, I think I think as sad as it is, I think the future is fairly bleak. Though. Oh, oh, absolutely. Uh, we can agree on that in just <laughs> in general. That's, <laughs> We're that's all going a, down. That's a pretty negative. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's a negative take. But, like, yeah. I do. I, th- I think the future of movie making is pretty bleak. And I think that is a testament to the way that society is, is changed in our consumption. I think, Charles, you're dead on with that. I mean, I think, like, I think that going to the movies, like you say, is an event, Wes. But I don't think people are going to want to spend that money on that event in the future. That's what I'm saying. It's like the, the event has – I have anything to say about it. hasn't changed. Not if I have anything to say about it. That is the – that's like yeah, the fundamental I mean, question that this whole podcast right. is about, right? Because with with going to the movies, you're paying for a ticket. Paying for that ticket is helping the actors mm-hmm. and I guess the movie studios as well, mm-hmm. obviously. But with the streaming services, you're paying a monthly fee whether you're like whether you like it or not. Yeah. Like they're not getting anything yeah. extra. So that's the whole yeah. I guess yeah. that's the whole so problem. To behind save this. the future, we have to go back to the past. 
Basically, well, here's my <laughs> last question correct. I want to ask you guys Which, here. Step into my DeLorean, Charles. I have <laughs> hey, <drive>. Regarding <laughs> 88 yeah. miles an hour. You don't need roads. Uh, regarding uh, the consumption of new content, because streamers make it accessible, right? Andor episode comes out, Clone Wars episode goes out, you can watch whenever. Would you guys rather go back to, like, the iTunes model of every time there's a new episode of Andor, it's 99 cents. Every time there's a new episode of Mandalorian, it's 99 cents. So every show you watch, maybe you don't spend... If you watch less than 10 episodes of new TV, maybe you spend less, but you don't have access to everything at the, all the time. No. I think that streaming is definitely here to stay. I think they have to figure out how to make that model viable. It's definitely here to stay. But I don't think that's the solution is to go back to the iTunes model. I think the solution is if... They're already trying to break their own rules. They're, all, they're <laughs> yeah. already saying that... They're already saying that, hey, we're, you know, no, we're not going to do the direct to streamer services. We're not going to do that, yep. you know, direct to the direct to Netflix thing. We're not going to do that, but we're only going to wait one yeah. month until we put it yeah. on a streaming and service. And we'll pull like, it whenever we want, by the way. It might those, just be gone next week. Too bad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, JG pointed yep. that out earlier because, like, they just randomly delete content to get tax breaks, which is insane to That's me. That's dystopian so, right there. Like, yeah, that's not uh, – I mean, no, I, I don't think that we can pay for the individual shows. But, like, if they're going to already put shit on streaming services in such a short period of time, then I don't see how – I don't see why there's so much resistance to putting stuff direct to uh, streaming yeah. platforms and make you pay for it. Like, Disney Plus has yeah. done a handful of times. That has been an interesting It's got to be financial. That's because the, the movie – the theater people – yeah, I guess so. The theater people are going to go to the theater, yeah. but I haven't seen Indiana Jones yet. I've tried for four days in a row. I've tried to go, but I've just not been able to make it happen. <laughs> Sounds so, like a you like, problem, my guy. I pay for it. For three uh, oh, God, times I can't. I like sat in my bed bed. Okay, <laughs> what would they lock you in? <laughs> yeah, 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 seriously. Like, Were you trying to, to plug it in no, on the sim rig? <laughs> Were you trying to drive there? Yeah. Was it raining? You snowed and you in, You're snowed in. The car won't crank up. I don't know. It needs more gas, I guess. poor man. He's trying to see Indiana Jones. No, I get it, though. But... But he's ma- he's making a good point. The though. time cost. It's, it's time, the time cost, cost and, it's, of, uh, and it's that you had more accessible stuff at your fingertips. You didn't have to leave for it. it's inconvenient. Exactly. I had yeah. more stuff. Yeah, it's massively inconvenient. I'm like, listen, I got yeah. one week off before I have to go work yeah. twelve hour shifts again, yeah. and I'm like, I got this expensive ass sim rig already in my house. I, I need to play yeah. with it more. You know, I, I have just as much fun playing yeah. Fortnite than I with yeah. you guys than I do, you know, going to the movie. So like, it, I haven't. The value there, yeah. the value proposition of going to the movies Ooh. does not exceed the things I already have accessible at my fingertips. You know what I did do this week? I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I watched The Temple of Doom to yeah. try to... One of those like, was a great uh, choice. Because I was planning on going to see it. I, know. I, was planning to, I know. I was planning <laughs> to go see it, but like, I yeah. didn't. Right, and I, I can't be alone oh, in no. that. I know I'm not a diehard movie guy, but I know that like there's got to be a pretty damn large percentage of Americans that, like, I, I can tell you for a fact, if it had been on Disney Plus and it cost thirty bucks, I wouldn't have hesitated. Yeah. Well, I JG makes a great week. point exactly that because Disney did that same day premiere during COVID, <clears throat> and they tried it from Mulan. They did it for a couple hours, and they lost hundreds of millions of dollars because they just it, it just it just didn't work out. But I think Alex makes... It was COVID. Right. It doesn't count. Nothing but, that happened in but, 2020 but and 2021 people were stuck like, inside and still didn't do it. So I think that, like... But I think yeah. Alex makes a good point. I think that the alternative to that is the more leisurely 
experience like with an alamo draft house where they bring you food and all of my movie theaters now every single one has like the automatic recliner seats so that's what i also like it's small but like when i go see a movie now i am more physically comfy than i am in my own home yeah 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 i think the experience is yeah. gonna have to change i they mean i it. think that like and like also that's a terrible i don't i don't think that it's just as simple as like they tried it already. It didn't work. Like, there's, there's oh, no way. They'll keep trying. Like, there's, there's a, there's a lot of reasons people might yeah. not have gone to see Mulan. Oh no, it wasn't good in theaters. Also, it was in the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, and that doesn't count. So, it was bad. like, uh, the Black Widow film also went straight yep. to streaming services and yep. bombed. Did terrible. Like people, they said that it yep. was a disaster. That nobody purchased it. And. I don't know. I don't know. I think the future is yeah. bleak, though. <laughs> Regardless, I think they're going to have to figure out how to make the yeah. streaming services work. Yeah. If if they if they want movies yeah. to make the money, it's corporate greed. Like at the, at the end of the day, all of like it is. all of the stuff we keep talking about, like with how because how do they recoup costs? How do they help making sure that they have good people making the stuff? It unfortunately literally comes down to if the heads of the studios just give away a little, not even give away. Just don't make as much of the tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. They can redistribute the wealth and make things better and even stuff out. So we yeah. can – and we will. We're going to keep talking about it because, unfortunately, given the – oh, what is it called? The entirety of human history, that doesn't happen. Uh, so no, it uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, – we can hope for it. I think it's bleak, but I also think that – the fact that all of this is going on at a point when we haven't had a shift this big in 60 years union-wise and have never seen something like the invention of streaming happen, I think these next three to five years are going to be really, really interesting to see how do movies get to people, how do shows get to people, and how do these award shows start to balance the idea that franchises are might start making things that are a little bit different and a little riskier. Because I, I think, looking at Star Wars ahead, yeah. you know, given that we're getting shows with all new characters like Skittles and Crew, given that we're getting movies that, yes, there's a Rey movie, but there's a back-in-time Jedi movie with people we don't know. know. Like, are, are these risks hopefully not going to cost $500 million and maybe pay off? I think, I think the problem is that the reason The Force Awakens broke so many records that, like... Everything after that is going to be considered a failure. Yeah, a big you can't problem. always go for the ult- No one except Jim Cameron can decide they got to make the, the most profitable movie of all time. Every single who the hell is Jim Cameron? Big Don't Jim. ever say that to me ever again. Big J boy. <laughs> no one calls him Jim. Yeah, I do when we play poker together. You're not in. <laughs> is he in your? Is he in your contacts and your phone? You can't call him Jim. What the hell BJ are you doing, big bro? Jim. <laughs> I say, Yo, Beach, give me an Avatar five. Um. Yeah, I like. I oh think the God. idea that every movie, because that's that's the headlines. That's also our culture, right? It's like this movie has to be the biggest movie of all time, or else it fails. That sucks. I know yeah. it's ridiculous. I know it's because yeah. society sucks, man. And it's, it's just hilarious that it's hilarious that it's 2023 and we're still having the same conversation that George Lucas probably had with his buddies like before he made Star Wars, and he was sitting around with his film nerds in college. Yep. Right. He'd make you ever, you ever seen those crazy shit that he made? Like some THX 1138, the crazy artistic projects. Uh, that's one yeah, of them. I think I watched there's other stuff. 30 too. seconds for that. Howard the Duck, <laughs> Howard the yeah, Duck, exactly. yes, the classic exactly. indie, indie, uh, non franchise prestige film. Howard the Duck. 
I love they, that. They movie. were that's what they were talking about, man. A bunch of hippies yeah. sitting around, man. The corporate system and Fox and they're making yeah. these shitty movies, man. And we gotta <laughs> own it. We gotta sell action figures, man. That's what, that's yeah. what they were saying, you know. That's my that's my hippie George Lucas. That's pretty good. It's very solid. Uh, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, I think it's very interesting that this week we got the Emmy nominations that show the height of television art right now. At the exact same time, we got the makers of the art all saying, we need to change everything that we're doing or else we're not going to make anything for you. Like, it, it's a very interesting uh, yeah, confluence I mean, it's a, it's of a, events. It's a very uh, – the movie industry is an absolutely a, a top-down yes. industry. And it always yep. has been for the last hundred years. And I, it's hard for me to see a future yep. in which it's not always like this. But – there has to be a, yep. a hopeful. There will future. be a negotiation because I mean, studi- studios can't go without new content for a year. <clears throat> like they they can't. Right. They got to figure out. They got to figure out AI. That's yep. the thing that's really got to figure that shit out. Like, I mean, I'm all for using tools and using AI and making human yep. life easier. But like, people have to be able to own what makes yep. them human. And that just pisses pay, me just off. Just pay people, man. <laughs> just 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 pay, pay them, you got them the man. Money. Like you got three hundred. <laughs> you're yep. you're spending three hundred million dollars yep. on. Stupid yep. shit. Like, just pay them. Come on. You got the money. How much are you going to have to pay the extra to use the AI anyway? Yeah. Because less like, than Iger makes it. We're broke. Hour. Straight up. Yes. Like, probably less than 50 grand for their entire life to use a likeness of somebody in the background of a movie. Yeah. Like, straight up. It's not yeah. that much money. Like, yep. It's dumb. They want to pay They want to pay people 100 bucks and then let Adobe yep. do it for them. And that makes me mad. Yep. And we'll. Maybe. We'll see what happens with it. I, I mean, I again, I I think we're going to follow this franchise, and there are people that clearly want to create good stuff with it, and there are people that, by the virtue of their passion for the work, create things that attract the masses and attract people that like good art. And I think that's great to see. I'm yeah. proud of Star Wars for putting out good stuff, and I hope that at the end of the day, even if all this stuff just gets a person that doesn't care about the strikes or doesn't care about the movie theater experience, doesn't care, whatever. Hopefully they see an Obi-Wan or an Andor or something pop up and be like, oh, I guess that might be good. Maybe I should check out this Star Wars thing. That's a win for all of us, you know? Yeah. And then pay people to make more of it <laughs> because Andor Season 2 ain't coming, baby, yeah. if uh, we don't get to the table. They need a Robin, they need a Robin Hood in the ranks. Ex- absolutely. Redistribute uh, all that wealth. Speaking of Andor, Tony Gilroy's comments were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, do it." Because yeah, he, yeah, he was he interviewed was like, for the Emmys. They're like, "What do you think about Andor?" He's like, "No, nah, shut up. I'm gonna talk about the strike." <laughs> yeah, that's what he did. And he's I was a king. Like, Damn, this guy is great. He's unfortunately never gonna make a Star Wars. No, no, he's he's got one story <laughs> in him. He's like, "I'm gonna make it, and then I'm gone." Ah, <laughs> uh, good for you, man. Well, crazy. Well, we're gonna see how all these pop up. Again, in the meantime, the good news is that we we got a lot of stuff coming still. You know, Inquisitor comes out tomorrow for Bookwise, and Ahsoka does come out next month. We're going to be talking about it. Um, as we said earlier in the show, if you tuned in late, we, we, we were checked with the guilds. Everything's good. We're going to review and talk about the show. Um, but in your own lives, let us know what your thoughts are about the future of all this stuff. Do these awards matter to you personally? Did you start watching Star Wars because The Mandalorian got an Emmy nomination? Like, do you know someone? My dad did. Straight up. He watched The Mandalorian because of that. 
And I think it's always interesting to see how folks came to it. And do you think that any of this stuff is going to affect what we have going on further? Um, other than burn it all to the ground, capitalism is a hellscape. Any final thoughts, guys? On uh, the future of movies, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll all go in a, on, a, on a rainy car ride with Charles and just kind of feel it. I don't want to do that. <laughs> just, <laughs> just simulate it. Just simulate it. You guys oh, can yeah. go. Just or go on a rainy, rainy car ride in your simulator. Turn your lights off. Light some candles. I do have... I do have like 20 miles of the Pacific Coast Highway on my sim rig. You can just drive. It's pretty I'm really wild. excited for you to move here. That's really the reason I'm getting you here, so I can go on the sim rig. <laughs> That's all it's going to be. It's uh, pretty badass. Gonna well, everyone, mind. I'll tell you what. This week, turn on one of your favorite shows. Uh, get those streaming numbers up. Get some folks some residuals because Lord knows they need everything they can possibly get. Um, and look forward to the future with us. Maybe movie theaters will die. Maybe they're going to be vibrant. But above all, make sure you go see Barbie and Oppenheimer. I'll let you know how they are next week. Because on that note, that's all that we got. Because that'll do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, thank you so much. Uh, go to patreon.com slash to join the family. And a special thank you goes out to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Carl Sander, Zach W, Michael Fry, and Raymond Bizenski on our Jedi High Council, and James T, Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, and Chris Carrizo on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey's at Corey M. Helton. Charles is at C. Hankel. West is at Boss West. And the show is at Living Force Pod. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Charles, and Wes for potting with me. Thanks to all of you for watching. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.